Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast, helping visionaries make the impact that they were meant to make. Today's episode, Unity Through Disagreement, takes you behind the scenes at Podcast Movement 21 in Nashville, where I spent a week of my life this summer. But prior to that, I have a Funny Papers, which actually comes from a friend of mine that is a member of our Smart Cleaning Tribe from Miss Kate. So here we go. Funny story from Miss Kate. All right. This one is short and sweet. Here is the scenario. Kate runs a reputable cleaning company in the Midwest. She gets a call from a client. She should have been suspicious of his name, but she's a trusting person and she allowed this client's one-time cleaning to go through her system. The estimate, the proposal, the booking, the scheduling, and the cleaner to go out and to do a one-time initial cleaning for $800 for this client. Did a fabulous job, but Kate didn't get paid. She was a little bit nervous at first. You know what? Okay, I'll just give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he didn't see the request for payment. So she invoiced him again and nothing, no money from this client, $800. That's a lot of money, right? Now, granted, Kate has a large company, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but she doesn't want to lose $800. That's not something good. You don't want to have to go to small claims court because it rarely ever ever gets recovered. I mean, $800 to recover probably takes a thousand or two just to go through the court process. So there's really not too much you can do except for harass the person. That brings us back to the first point that I made. Kate should have gone on her gut instinct when she saw the request for work come through from Mr. Cheatham. And he did. All right. That's a good lesson from Kate. Not that you need to judge or prejudge your clients based upon their name, but I can say this. I'm I'm a reader of the Bible, and in the Old Testament, people were named based on their expectations of what they were to be in life. God would name them such. So who knows? Maybe Mr. Cheatham, he had a life ahead of him of cheating many people. All right, let's get to the episode. Unity through disagreement. Obviously, there's a disagreement with Mr. Cheatham, and there is no unity. I'm going to take you behind the scenes of Podcast Movement 2021. The conference was phenomenal. And yeah, I picked up a couple exciting tips to improve my podcast and listenership, but I gained so much more in relationships. In fact, I'd say that the biggest reason I went was to grow my network, and boy, did I. I met Rich Jones, the host of the Paychecks and Balances podcast, and Kwame Christian Negotiate Anything podcast at the 2019 Orlando Podcast Movement. Kwame is the one that challenged me to start this podcast, and he held me accountable through email for 
eight weeks. It was intense. Have you heard that story? Go listen to the very first episode, the introduction of this podcast, and you shall hear it. Shortly after that podcast movement, Rich interviewed me on his podcast. We talked about my corporate America experience and how badly I botched it up. It was super fun, and I even got Rich to spew some coffee like that into the microphone. Go check it out. You'll hear that part. It was called Out of a Traditional Job and Into a New Industry. Rich and I have kept in touch, and obviously I've stayed accountable to Kwame, so I was excited to see them both again after two years due to the pandemic. The meetings did not disappoint. Kwame and I had a few chances to connect. He was so proud that his podcasting protege was about two years in with nearly 50,000 downloads. That's right. Little old smart cleaning school, 50,000 downloads. Rich and I also had some opportunities to connect, especially at the end of the conference. But the first meetup could have gone totally sideways. Here's what went down. I walked toward Rich on my way from one hallway to another at the conference, and I stopped to shake his hand after I saw him. Now, he was talking to a friend of his, whose name is Chris, that I wasn't expecting to stop and talk. I figured they were together. But I uh, did shake his hand, and Rich was very interested to see me. Why don't you stick around? I'm like, all right, cool. So just now connecting with Rich and meeting this guy, Chris. But I was immediately taken aback by Chris. Chris is a Christian, which normally I'd be like, oh, awesome, we're Christians. Because not many people at the conference were Christian. I don't know what percentage, but he was. But here's what really got under my skin. He's running a podcast to rescue Christians from toxic and wasteful things. Now, that's probably not the way he writes his mission statement, but that's the way that I perceived it. It's just the way he rubbed off on me. And this is not his fault. It's probably mine and how I perceived him. Anyway, he had just completed and was sharing a well-researched documentary-style multi-episode study on multi-level marketing, MLMs, and how they are pyramid schemes doomed for failure. Oh, boy. His conclusion was that these pyramid schemes feed on Christians with the promise of lifestyle that often returns tons of debt. I listened for a few minutes and I got very angry. I couldn't take it anymore. So I did something that I rarely ever do. I fought him heavily on his conclusions. Rich was like, what is he doing? Ken, what are you doing? I can tell in Rich's face, but I was unrelenting. Here's when it ended up happening. Chris held his ground based on solid Federal Trade Commission research as the success percentages are not good. Rich, again, just observed with great interest as two Christians duked it out, mano a mano. Rich isn't a Christian, by the way. I shared my story then with Chris and Rich of being in Amway, a multi-level marketing, the original, the OG, and I shared my personal story, my testimony, and we changed the course of my life, of my wife's life. I declared with certainty of experience that I became a Christian through Amway. We have a successful marriage and business owner's mindset as a result of the 10 years of mentorship we received. Go back to the recent episode, We All Need a Coach, and you'll see uh, some background here. My early mentors were all 
in Amway. They're called Upline. That's who mentored Teresa and I for the first 10 years, essentially, of our marriage. They were our first mentors and coaches. They helped us so much in so many dimensions of our life to become successful. I argued this point. Then I argued another point that Rich totally agreed with. Chris, is it true that not all podcasters succeed? In fact, only a very small FTC-sized group of podcasters actually make it to the million-dollar mark. Both Chris and Rich agreed. I shared how we each see three groups of podcasters. Those that are doing everything they can do, learning, being mentored, implementing, making mistakes, monetizing to grow to a million-dollar podcast, like our mutual friends John Lee Dumas, JLD, and Kate Erickson of Entrepreneurs on Fire. There are very few of this level podcaster. The second group are the ones that know what to do in order to become like JLD, but either don't follow all the steps or put the work in or have the full belief. Many of these podcasters have personally witnessed friends soar into the first group. They know it works no matter what the stats show. They just don't have the follow through. The third group are the naysayers and doubters. These are the ones that write the wiki articles that slam podcasters as a waste. These are the ones that slam the MLMs. Rich totally agreed, and Chris was skeptical, ready with his retort. In the end, I shared that I was a group two MLMer. I gained a tremendous amount of lifetime benefit, but never earned lifestyle through the MLM. However, I am earning it now as an indirect result. I personally have witnessed friends get started in Amway after me and succeed to the highest level. I've seen it, and I know it works. I have never, ever said a crossword about MLMs in my life. In fact, I'm a promoter for some people, as I believe it's an excellent way to grow and learn how to be coached and learn how to ask good questions and become a lifetime learner. And if you've got great mentors, it can help you in other areas of your life. I'm a big promoter of MLMs. Now, do I agree on the surface with the FTC numbers? Yeah, there are not a lot of people make it to the highest levels. But I think it's the same numbers for every type of business. People are the same in any business. Yeah, maybe there's a percentage point or two difference. But my point to Chris was comparing the podcasting three groups to the MLM three groups. He wasn't a part of an MLM. I was, and I fought him vigorously about it. Now, I wasn't as nice as I am now. I was angry, and I was shorter. I wasn't as kind as I should have been, and this is where I started to catch myself. I didn't want to slip over the edge and go into a place of divisiveness, anger, and breaking off what I had built with my friend Rich because he was watching me. Chris did not budge at all. He's a stats man and determined to rescue Christians. So this is where I pivoted. I went from what appeared to Rich's anger and division, like I said, to finding common ground. I simply changed my tone and said this to Chris. Chris, I see that we don't see eye to eye on this one. We have different life experiences and therefore different perspectives. I cannot say that you are wrong for what you see backed by your facts, but you also can't say that I'm wrong based on what I see and the facts that I've experienced. We are both Christians and have the same commission. 
I appreciate what you are trying to do to serve our community, even though we disagree. I'd love to talk this through more another time to see if we can find more common ground and maybe find ways to help each other. Chris smiled and shook my hand. There we go. Everything was abated. The tension and the mood quickly went from high to a nice level of friendship again. Rich was floored. His face was in shock. You see, Rich works at Google in diversity in his full-time job. He has the podcast on the side. And he sees the Chris and Ken scenario play out a gazillion times. So he said this to me privately afterward. Ken, when you started going after Chris, I was curious how it would go down. I assumed it would turn into a typical argument where both believe they are right and division occurs. I see this in religion. We all see it in politics and it's all over Facebook. But I shouldn't have been so surprised because I knew the type of person you were. You turned your disagreement into an opportunity for unity. If only more of us could do this. Wow. I have to admit, I didn't see this coming. I was just stopping by to see a friend. But I also didn't back down when I was so offended by what Chris's research was doing. He was slamming a group of people, a large group of people in our country, many of which are Christians that believe in what they do and are helping a lot of people. I didn't like that. He might rescue a few, but he's putting down a lot. And I didn't like that approach. However, I found a place where we could come together on common ground. And I have to admit, the compliment that Rich paid me is one of the best I had received all year. Rich trusted me even more after this encounter. And our friendship and mutual respect for each other grew another rung. You see, the lesson here is, look, we got to find common ground with our friends and our so-called enemies. And we've got to unify upon that. We don't want to go to someone else's side that's doing something morally wrong, but there is common ground and it might be difficult to find. The opposite path of unifying is division. This is why there are a gazillion Christian denominations because people can't agree on what Jesus said. We can't agree, so what do we do? We divide, and then divide, and then divide, and divide, and divide, and divide, until there's a thousand nominations. What about political factions? There's so many points of oppositions. There's so many new titles now in our society. You're this, or you're that, you're this, or you're that. People put you in groups to separate us, to divide us. It's them versus us. It's always that kind of mentality. It's division. See, I believe the enemy of this world is a divider and a liar and a thief and a murderer. I believe that's the enemy of this world. And I believe God is in demand of people that will unify people back together. So how can we look for ways to unify? Well, listen to this quote or song that the psalmist King David, you know, the guy that beat Goliath, is from the Bible in Psalms 133. I want you to hear what King David wrote, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Listen to it this way. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. 
Where there was unity among the people, there the Lord commanded the blessing. I like that. I want more blessing in our land. How about you? Well, that was a little peek into a conversation that Ken had at Podcast Movement 21. It's the only one that flared up with that level of tension. But do you see how it ended? Am I saying, oh, I'm so great. I'm such a great unifier. No, because I screw up more than I do good like that. Rich caught me on a good day, but I'm working on it. But the point is so simple. Let's just find more ways to be unified. Even if it's around smaller points of common ground, we can do it. Common ground is where we can build relationships and get them to see things a little bit through our eyes. Because then we can start to win them to some of our ideas. And we can start to see things through their eyes and understand their point of view, which may win us to some of their ideas. Now, if it's morally wrong, we're probably not going to go to their side. But we might be able to persuade them to seeing our side, but only if we can step on common ground because the alternative is war of words and division. Think on that and have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.